One of the many honors we have at Pump Spotting is the chance to hear from all of you nursing, pumping new moms in real time. We get to bear witness to your struggles, your joy, your triumphs. We see your wonderful conversations taking place. And we also see the questions you have. And when this pandemic took over, we saw not only an influx of support, between one another, for you and your families and your community, but also an influx of really important questions like, can I keep breastfeeding if I've been exposed to the coronavirus? What safety precautions do I need to take if I'm pumping outside the home? How on earth do I manage all of this? So for this special podcast, we're talking with Kara Kaikini. She's a friend. She's a lactation consultant. She's the president of the Maine State Breastfeeding Coalition. And she has some wonderful answers to these timely questions and a few thoughts about how to really nourish ourselves right now. So here we go. So Kara, welcome to the Pump Spotting Podcast. You know, we like to say, imagine that we're you're, we're sitting together in Barb's living room on the couches with all the boobard. And for you, it's maybe not as hard to imagine because that's where you and I met. That is right. I know it wasn't even a year ago, which blows my mind. But yeah. I, it was a, I love the, I love Barb. <laughs> well, it was really fun to pull up to Maine Medical Center and to be there with you. And then it's been fun to get to know you. And so before we dive into all the questions we have and all the important things we want to know, uh, we always start by just checking in, especially in this day and age. So lots of things have shifted in this world. How are you doing? Or how's it going so far? I, I'm doing okay in this moment. <laughs> so for me, it's been different every day. I have two kids. I have an eight-year-old son and an almost six-year-old son. And so that's a, a major part of my day-to-day life, obviously, is caring for them and making sure they are fed and making sure they are on their Zoom calls, their class calls, and making sure they're doing their need to be and being really flexible other times. So I feel like every other day is really positive and optimistic and uh, cheerful, especially when the sun is shining and when it's not cold and snowy. Um, And other days I have to be more gentle with myself and have to be more flexible and know that we are in this for the long run. And so pacing ourselves with our activities and our um, schooling and our work is really necessary right now. I love that. I think really all you can look at is the moment before you, because if you start to look too far out, it starts to feel really overwhelming because it's just so different. And we're still, I still feel like we're all processing so many emotions and, you know, not just adjusting to the schedule, but adjusting to really what this means for our lives and where we are. And the, the really interesting piece of that is that I think that's the journey of breastfeeding. Sometimes all you can focus on, right. Is just that moment before you, because it's a long road. Yeah. So tell me how you came to be here. How did you come to be such a beautiful champion for moms? And, you know, what drew you to become a lactation consultant? I was drawn to breastfeeding before I had my own own children. Uh, I have my degree in psychology. And so I've always been fascinated in how people work and how brains work. Uh, I was always fascinated with infant development and pregnancy and the fact that we as women grow babies is still just amazing to me. 
and then continuing to grow babies with our own, with our bodies and our, our milk when possible is also incredibly amazing. So it's always been fascinating to me. I have my master's degree in human development where I wanted to learn more about that and learn more about um, how people work in infant development and studied uh, my thesis on women's childbirth experiences. So I, um, even before having kids, again, this was several years before having my own children, I was always fascinated with that. And then I um, was a home visitor for families. I worked in, visited them in their homes to help them with answer child development questions and offer their support and give them resources. And then moved to San Francisco from Maine and became a childbirth educator, mostly teaching breastfeeding classes, baby classes, um, and um, was a uh, birth doula and a postpartum doula and really loved that experience. I became, um, I started my lactation program there. So through the University of California at San Diego extension program, we had a, an academic year program in person in San Francisco where we um, learned as much as we possibly could about lactation and also got clinical experience. So I was able to get my clinical hours at California Pacific Medical Center. And all of that prepared me, qualified me, prepared me to sit for the IBCLC exam. And that was 10 years ago. And every 10 years we have to take the exam again. And I just took that exam this past fall and passed it, thankfully. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. So that is, and again, that was all before having my own children. And it was a year or two, a couple of years later, we, um, we moved back to Maine and um, had, and I started working at Maine Medical Center as a, a per diem lactation consultant and did that for about a year before I started um, managing the lactation consultant program and the childbirth ed program at Maine Medical Center. And it was maybe a year into that that I had my first kiddo uh, and learned a lot with that experience, of course. Uh, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, and so having my first child, I had already had experience with breastfeeding and knew a lot about it and had learned a lot from mothers themselves too, not just textbooks. Um, and had a lot of pain with my first. And I was like, I should be able to figure this out. I'm a lactation consultant. I help other moms with this. I should know what's going on. And it was a couple of months. It was a solid eight weeks before I was nursing comfortably. Uh, and it was really stressful. It was, you know, I was really hard on myself for one, not being able to fix it, but um, it it eventually all sorted out. And with my second one, it was a different, just a different ball game having another child to care for. Uh, but I learned a lot with both experiences. And I think that has really added to my ability to support and empathize with families, even though I think I, I was able to do that beforehand because I've always just valued women and mothers so much. Sure. It certainly helps to have my own experience to to be able to empathize a little bit more. And I still have some solid memories of of my own nursing experiences, even though they were, you know, over six years ago. Yeah, it doesn't really leave you. I think it's sort of that such a transformational time. I mean, Carrie, you've had over a decade of experience doing this. You've done it with your own kids, but never seen a time period for any of us like this where 
there's all these things in play at this moment. You know, there's this virus itself that we just did a survey of over 335 moms. And, you know, the number one concern over half of them were really concerned about contracting the, the coronavirus. And, you know, what does that mean for our family? And there's never been such a monstrous shift to our lifestyles uh, and to our emotional state. And so, you know, gosh, what are you thinking or how is it feeling before we speak about what that means for moms? And I know that that's, we want to talk about that. So everybody knows how to think about, um, you know, if they get the coronavirus and some of those specifics, but just from a broader perspective, you know, what, what is going through your mind in this time and in this place in terms of feeding? Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that my eight-year-old, uh, that you give that feedback about the survey results, my eight-year-old hasn't really said a whole lot about how this new life of ours has impacted him. He hasn't shared much. When I told him that he wouldn't be going back to school this school year, I thought that was going to be really hard for him. And, and you know, he does miss his friends, but I said, okay, so tell me, how are you feeling? What are you worried about? You know, what's what's going on? And and what are you upset about? And and he just said that he was worried about getting the virus. And it, I was surprised by that because I I thought that we had been really clear about how we were keeping ourselves safe. And um, but yeah, I think it is certainly on everyone's mind. Like how how do I not become one of the statistics? I don't want to be one of those numbers that we hear about every day. And it's scary. And I think it can be really nice to, when we can to be in our homes and where we know it's a safe space, but many of us have to leave our homes for essential reasons. Even if it is just going to the grocery store, it's really stressful to plan for that, to go there or to pick up groceries and bring them back into your house. You know, we have a number of deliveries that are still in our mudroom. We're going to keep them there for three days before we open them. And yeah. All of those thoughts really weigh on us a lot. And I I think that the chances of us getting the virus are low still, but it's, it's such a contagious thing that it's something we all need to be thinking about and doing the best we can to stay safe. Yeah. And so what do moms who are breastfeeding or pumping, what do they need to know about the coronavirus? If you think about just let's start at the beginning, you know, Mm -hmm. what do we need to know about it if you're feeding a baby? and you right. contract it or, or not contracting it. Right, right. So I think that the biggest message all around is to wash our hands. So hand hygiene is huge, making sure we're, we're keeping our hands as clean as possible. That's always something that's been important. I think it's nice that it's being really drilled into everyone's heads. So even if we aren't out and about, we're in our homes, we're still keeping our hands clean because there's still bacteria. There's still other things that are not... Uh, safe or healthy for our babies. So that's all really important to keep in mind when we're directly breastfeeding our babies or when we're, if we're pumping to making sure we're keeping all of our pump parts clean. Uh, and the CDC does have some excellent resources around that and guidance around how to keep everything as, as clean as possible. What's really important to remember too about breast milk is that it's amazing and it is full of antibodies that are directed specifically against any microbes the mom's been exposed to. It protects your baby against uh, a, a wide range of microorganisms. Uh, breast milk's anti-inflammatory. There are antioxidants. There are growth factors in breast milk. So there, there's so much about it that's amazing. And, and there's nothing that's showing any 
There are no examples in the research so far of the coronavirus being transmitted through breast milk. So that's really reassuring and not, um, there's more research that's being done too. I'm trying to keep track of all the different research studies I'm seeing. You know, I love that you had a survey about how this is impacting people. There's also research specific to breast milk itself. And if, if immunities are being um, shown, if, if immunity, immunities to the coronavirus can be found in the breast milk, that is wow. would be really great to know. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's found since there are so many immunities to specific things in our breast milk already. So yeah. I, I want to know more about any negative things that have been happening, any um, infant mortality or morbidity that might be happening. I want to know more about how that baby was fed and if that baby received breast milk and how that may have um, impacted the baby. But so far we know that breast milk is the best thing and to keep doing that as, as much as possible is absolutely the recommendation. Amazing. So if a mom thinks that she might have the coronavirus or she has a confirmed positive test, can she continue breastfeeding? Yes. So I've been on to complete my story of how where I am right now. I am the breastfeeding consultant for Maine's perinatal outreach program. And so I've been on a number of different phone calls uh, about changing practice. So within the within Maine Medical Center, within Maine's hospitals in general, um, including CDC recommendations, including AAP recommendations and the World Health Organization. And they're not all consistent in their recommendations. Um, what is consistent is that breast milk should be the, the still the preferred source of nutrition for babies. What is a little bit conflicting in the hospital anyway is whether or not the baby should be separated from mom if mom has tested positive. Mm -hmm. um, and that it's still recommended if that separation is necessary. And that's going to depend on a number of factors, how symptomatic the mom is, if the hospital even has the capacity to keep them separated. And then when she goes home, is she still going to be able to maintain that separation or is she going to be able to, is she, is that not an option? And still the CDC has just adjusted their guidelines to say, to give both of those options, direct breastfeeding or expressing breast milk and, and feeding it, um, having someone else feed it. Both of those options are available. It's what's really encouraged is the shared decision-making with the provider. So having yeah, that conversation yeah. with the healthcare team, understanding all the potential risks and the pot potential benefits. So in terms of if a mom is home and has a baby that, you know, it's been a while since they've been in the hospital, um, I haven't seen any other recommendation aside from breast milk feeding. And again, it still just depends on how well mom is feeling and um, what other options there really are for her. She might not have someone else to feed the baby a bottle yeah. in her space. She might not be able to truly be isolated in her home. Um, yeah. So a lot of it is just the communication of it with your healthcare providers and lactation consultants and really just because everything is changing moment by moment as we learn more. And so it really is just a time period of connection and, and, you know, we felt this personally, and I think people know this, but breastfeeding, the immunity piece of it is so powerful that's in breast milk itself, but also from an emotional standpoint, you know, right, right now, when we're in this time of anxiety, what a beautiful thing to be able to get those endorphins and, you know, right. the benefits beyond that are so good for mom and baby. 
during this time period. Absolutely. Skin to skin contact alone, there's so much research showing the importance of that, the benefits of that. And there's good bacteria that babies get from mom's skin too. So they, so how can we keep, you know, one thing that the AAP has suggested is breast hygiene. And that's a new thing for me. I haven't really had to think about or, or recommend breast hygiene before. Uh, they didn't really explicit, they didn't explain exactly what they mean by breast hygiene, but I think it's really just trying to keep, if a mom is positive for the virus, to keep any of the viral droplets off of her chest if a baby's going to be there. So it's really finding the balance between keeping, you know, cleaning that chest, you know, keeping the virus off the chest, but also keeping the good bacteria on the chest for the baby. Um, we're having, it's, it's all of the balancing of the pros and cons of everything right now. And what about, you know, are there any spe uh, specific considerations if you're pumping? Certainly it sounds like the CDC has great guidelines in terms of keeping it clean and what have you. But, you know, say if you're, if you're a mom who's, you know, working in healthcare on the front lines or you're an essential, in an essential position, you have to be leaving your house and pumping away from your baby or bringing it back home, you know, beyond hand washing. And are there other things to think about or ways moms can kind of find a routine to help support them? Yeah, so I'm hearing a couple of questions here. I'm thinking of a couple of different ways to answer this. Um, you know, if there's a mom who is working in a hospital and where the virus is known to be present and she's trying to find a safe place to pump, um, just doing whatever she can to keep that area clean where she's pumping, obviously the hand washing and using a different set of parts every time. I think that's that's what the CDC has recommended anyway. And their, their guidelines around breast pump kit cleaning haven't changed really. It's, it's just being more reinforced now to not reuse parts, but to, um, uh, to wa make sure that they're, if you're going to reuse them, that they're washed with soapy water every time and that they're sanitized once a day. And I would have to say that before, the virus, some of these recommend, recommendations seemed a little um, cumbersome for some people. And I was concerned that people would uh, maybe abandon pumping or breastfeeding if they if these cleaning recommendations were too difficult. Um, but I think that with any time, we have to just do the best that we can to keep as clean as possible. And this is certainly a time where we need to keep those hygiene recommendations at the top of our minds. Hey friends, we want to take a quick break and remind you of all the places you can connect with us and this lovely pump spotting community. If you're a nursing, pumping, or new mom, or a seasoned mom who just wants to get back, hop on our app. If you're also working or you're part of a company that wants to support breastfeeding employees, then pump spotting at work is for you. Find out more at pumpspotting.com. You know, beyond the coronavirus, so many of us, our lifestyle has really changed. We've, you know, we're either working remotely when we weren't before, or, you know, a number of moms have, unfortunately, they've lost their job or their partner's life looks different. And so there, there's huge impacts to the, to our days right now, which also have big impacts on our feeding 
schedules and the milk supply and all those pieces. And some of them are really positive. You know, I think some moms are finding more time at home with babies, which is really wonderful and less time connected to the pump, which is conducive to more breastfeeding and others, you know, the stress and anxiety or the, the difficulty in navigating work and parenthood is really making it harder to pump. And so one of the biggest um, findings from our survey is milk supply. A lot of moms were anxious, you know, the stress that they're having, the, the 70% had a higher stress levels than usual, and they were really concerned about their milk supply. So do you have any thoughts in terms of how moms can think about supporting milk supply and working with their emotions and their schedules during this time? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big question. It's a lot to think about. I think one of the biggest concerns moms have when breastfeeding is always milk supply, and if they're making enough, and and how to increase it, or or for some, how to decrease it. Uh, and stress can certainly impact that. And it you know it's easy to say, well, self care or do some different things to relieve your stress, and that will help your milk supply. It's it's such a a tough um, wheel to be on, I guess, or a cycle when you are worried about your supply and you know that stress is going to not make it any better. And so how do you get off that, that wheel? Especially at a time when you, you know, you have kids crawling over you all the time and you're, you know, you're trying to make dinner, but you're worried about going to the grocery store or we're just like, there's so much before us that I think, you know, the idea of self-care and and, and mental health and stress relief has really shifted for everyone. It's just a whole new world. And so maybe it goes back to the moment, you know, how do you in a moment give yourself a pause to try and regain some of, some of the, the calm. Exactly. And to really understand that these are crazy times. This is not a usual time for anyone right now. And so if this is, unfortunately, this may be a snapshot of their breastfeeding experience and their breastfeeding life. There's not, there's so much that's out of our control right now too. And that can be really hard for some of us (laughs) to Mm -hmm. know that we don't have control over a lot. For others, it, it can be kind of relieving to know, well, there's nothing I can do. So why stress about it? Um, and when it, so when it comes to milk supply in general, you're right, you hit, a, you hit upon a number of different ways that this can look for people. Even some people are home, they were looking forward to a maternity leave with just their baby while their kids are at school and now all their kids are home and they're trying to learn all this and maybe their partner is working, right? The partner could be working not at all, or just the same, or for some people, 10 times more, depending on what their what their job is. And maybe it's from home, maybe it's not at home at all. There are some healthcare providers who aren't going home right now because they're concerned about transmitting the virus, or they're living in a camper outside their house, or you know, there, there are ways to try to prevent the virus from coming into your house by totally stripping everything down before you go in. And so that's something to think about if you're a healthcare provider as a mother and you are wanting to go home to your, to your baby and nurse, just how can you, you know, totally strip down and then jump right into the shower and watch anything that wash anything that you touched before you got in the shower, before you, before you uh, are with your baby. Those might be some precautions for moms who, who are concerned about transmitting the virus. At the beginning of this podcast, you said something that I think is really powerful and beautiful. It's that you're, you know, having a lot of grace and patience with yourself in terms of what what you're doing. And I, I feel, 
it feels to me, one of the thoughts that's comforting is that, you know what, we're all navigating this. And our journey always looks different when we're trying to parent and raise our families, but it's always centered in what that journey needs to look like for us. And the best thing we can do right now is know that we're not alone, that everyone is kind of figuring out how we get through the day, how we get through the feeds, and that no matter what it looks like for you, it's okay. You're doing an amazing job. Like if you can find that moment to say, uh, like this may not be what I what I expected or what I hoped for. Y- you know, there is comfort in the fact that that's true for everyone right now, and that right. there's no right way, there's no crystal ball, there's no easy path. And at the end of the day, y- y- you know, you're you're just you're doing you're doing it. Like that's yeah. all we can say for ourselves right now, and that is, right. could not be more true of you know nursing and pumping. I know. I love that comparison that what a lot of people are going through now is very similar to the postpartum period. And so when it's you're going through this while you're also in the postpartum period can be especially intense, but other people may be able to relate to you a bit more and you might be able to relate to other people more and connect with each other more. One thing I remember a lot from my postpartum time is I would have one really good day and then the next day, not a good day. And then the next day was really good. And it was it became such a predictable pattern. And I, that was my, that's been my last couple of weeks, a good day, not a good day, a good day, not a good day. And I kept thinking about how that's what it was like for me postpartum too. And it's nice when there can be some predictability (laughs) when you have a baby. (laughs) So if it was a bad day, then I knew, okay, well, tomorrow is going to be a good day. And if it was a good day and like, I have to really enjoy this really good day because tomorrow is probably not going to be a great day. Someone told me when I had first had a baby that, you know, all you can expect is that every day will be the new normal, that it's constantly changing. And I think that is so true right now for all of us just in every way. And so, you know, we're just, we're just all kind of rolling with it as we go. Yeah, Um, absolutely. We can look ahead to next month, but who knows what that's going to look like? Who knows what July is going to look like? And it can be stressful, but it could also be like, wow, this is this is an adventure. We're all yeah. on an adventure right now with that, not knowing what's ahead. Yeah. Well, one of the adventures you're on or that's interesting to me, we were talking before we started, is that breastfeeding support groups look different. And your work probably as a lactation consultant, you're not seeing mothers in person. And I, I know for, for myself and for us at Pump Spotting, there is such power and it be, the ability to have someone put a hand on your shoulder or to, to sit with you while you're going through these really challenging early days of breastfeeding and postpartum. And you know that personal connection has a lot of weight and a lot of value. And so you know, how does it look now for you to be serving moms during this time period and, you know, in the support groups and what are you seeing and what are you sort of taking away from that? Yeah, that's a great question. The first time I facilitated a group through GoToMeeting, there were a few moms there and it was really nice. We still met for the, for an hour and 45 minutes. You know, I wasn't sure if just with a, a few moms, how it would be the following week we had eight. The next week I think we've had nine or ten. And it's there. I'm wondering how it is for people because for me it's it's a different experience, but they're the ones who are really needing the support. And they're all very grateful at the end of the group every time just to have other people to talk to, hear the challenges people are having. And and you know, 
honestly, very little of what we're talking about is the virus. It's really, it's, it's breastfeeding, it's being a mom, it's sleep, you know, it's everything that we usually talk about. And then we might talk a little bit toward the end about, you know, are you washing your groceries down? You know, what are people doing about this and, and learning from each other? You know, are you still going for your pediatric well visit and getting immunizations and what, what are people doing? So it's really nice to hear from each other in that way. Uh, I know that um, some places are doing telehealth now for lactation support. Some places have outpatient visits that are in a separate location from the hospital. And that is it's nice to know that there's going to be a, a safer, cleaner space. Of course, you still have to practice as much social distancing as possible. No place is 100% clean and safe that we know of. But there are definitely um, strong efforts being made to still check up on babies and still offer the support. And I think lactation is one of those things that can really can still really be done through a telehealth method or and through a remote virtual method. It's the hand on the shoulder is one thing that you're right is there's the physical hand on the shoulder and then there's a metaphoric hand on the shoulder. And I think that there's a lot of um, that that can still be happening. Yeah. And we, I know we've seen such beautiful conversations on the pump spotting app and just, you know, the moms in our community who are really, really showing up for one another in a way they always have. But I think right now in this moment, everybody feels the vital importance of connecting even digitally in terms of how, what we're doing and where we are. And so it's, it's, you know, refreshing to see such resources available and also that people, that people are taking the time to really sit with one another, even if it can't be in person, that they're doing it in such a way. Cause it's, it is so isolating during this time period, regardless before anything shifted. And now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just is so much mm-hmm. more, um, than ever. And so thank you for showing up for moms and, and being there for them in this time period. What do you think moms need most right now in this phase of life? Yeah, I, I think always love, right? Love and being valued and not forgotten. So I don't think that's happening. I think moms are still, there are a lot of people out there who, are, who work with families who are not forgetting that these moms are out there having had babies and going home. We are still out there for for you, it's just in a, a different space. It's it's virtual, but we're definitely still here, and the uh, and support. So confidence, love, and support. I feel like are still they're always necessary for new moms and new families. But right now, absolutely having the confidence that you're safe, having the confidence that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing to stay safe, to keep your baby safe, and that. Um, you have access to resources, knowing you have access to resources and support for when you have the questions that come up. Do you have some suggested sites or this sounds like the CDC, are there other places you suggest moms go for resources? The CDC is going to be where I recommend people go to for specific health recommendations. Um, and kellymom.com is always a great resource, I think, for breastfeeding specific information. And that uh, is most often evidence-based and there are always other extra links that are listed there. Um, And then in terms of just generally going to be a great resource for families and, um, and any other, you know, if you're on social media, there can be some nice Facebook groups or other groups, you know, Google groups where people can connect with others. 
Uh, but you mentioned that like this is such an isolating time for people right now, and isolation isn't new for new parents. So like you said, this is something that we know, and that's why pump spotting is there. That is why social media groups are there. It's why in-person and now virtual groups are there is because we know it has been isolating in the past, and it still is isolating to be a mom. And so we recognize that, uh, especially in the middle of the night when moms are alone with their babies in a quiet, dark room. That's been the case for forever, probably, where they've had um, isolation with this time. And so they may feel more lonely than they've ever been. And in breastfeeding groups, when we talk about this, I always, I often will encourage them to kind of zoom out of their room that they're in and zoom up over their house and then kind of zoom up even more over their town over their state and their region and just keep kind of zooming out over the country and the globe if they need to and look down and realize that there are tens of hundreds of there are hundreds and thousands of, of moms doing the same thing in the same way. They're also alone, but at the same time, we're all together. So they're feeding their babies in some isolation. Maybe they're experiencing this, this um, quarantine experience. Uh, and feeding their babies in that way. But by kind of zooming out over that and seeing that they're not alone, they're, they feel stronger, they feel more empowered by that connection and they have more of a sense of belonging and community. So I think having that kind of a mindful uh, moment or that, that chance to, to zoom out and just realize that they're not alone can be really helpful right now. That's really, really beautiful, Kara. And amazing. And we, we usually end every episode by asking our guests to leave the audience with a little uplift, something that's meaningful to them. And it feels to me that you've just given us that gorgeous gift. But is there anything else that you would like to say or before we sign off? I just kind of how I started, which is how I've been trying to treat myself right now too, is just to be gentle with yourselves and to trust yourselves, trust your babies and trust that this is a temporary reality. It's what I say to moms all the time anyway. This is a temporary reality. So things will change going forward and that we have each other as we're navigating those changes. Carrie, you're a gem. Thank you for all you do for moms and for showing up to talk to us. Thank you for doing this, Amy, and for inviting me. This has been the Pump Spotting Podcast. We'll be continuing the conversation and hanging out over on our app. We hope you'll come by to share your story and thoughts. And if you haven't already downloaded Pump Spotting, it's quick and easy to set up your profile and join the community. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to our wonderful production team at Pitchwire, who partner with us to bring you these stories. We'll see you next time. And remember, you are capable, you are radiant, and you are not alone.